Hello, my name is Mike Goldman. I like it better if I do this. Keep what? talking. Okay. Uh, test one, two, three, that's four. better because it's one, just two. really more about me one, anyway. Two, I can't talk. What? We don't really. People that's aren't. Not, that's not going to work. People aren't interested in what you have to say, Michael. Hi, welcome to the show. Hey, we're going to do have the same mic. I have to do everything bent over the whole show. He's like, he's <clears> like this. He's like, I'll talk into the mic and then you talk into Mike. Okay, I get it. I get it. That's really inappropriate. Hey, welcome to On The Mic. Uh, this guy over here, I'll give you three facts about him. Fact number one, he's got his own clothing label. Fact number two, he's probably hosted more drinking shows than anyone in the history of the human race. And fact number three, she just walked past. He once married his producer, ladies and gentlemen. I give you the one, the only, the incomparable, Sir Zane Lamprey. All that is true. Really? Really good. Oh, I made it up. Hey, I didn't even know it was Mike, true. Yep. What happened to your head? Oh, okay. So you're going to ask me the questions? It's my show. I can't it's talk about everything that's wrong not, with my face. We're going to talk about what's wrong with your face. I feel like we're, we're doing a podcast <laughs> riding on a bus. That's totally okay. Can okay, you make kids? Do your seatbelt up. Do you have a pen? <laughs> I need a pen to fill out my forms. Um, uh, I just got back from uh, a weekend in Big Bear. Yeah. And uh, Ooh, went, went there. Are you going to make it bear related? Because it doesn't look like bear related. I was attacked by a door. Uh, so we went out drinking. Come here. At a, There's at a piece a, of it. Come here. There's a piece of it that like is felt. Yeah, that makes me feel. What better. was that? Was it felt? Well, no. It was like a piece of the scab was on top. You just took some scab off my face. That will scar now. Uh, so we were we were drinking as you do when you're in Big Bear. We went as to you do a, when a bar you're anywhere. Fireside. Yeah. And uh, we're having some cocktails with the local fireman and a little Mexican kid who couldn't believe that we didn't have guns in Australia, and we had a big conversation about that. Wow. And we, and we played um, shuffleboard. So can I just so you play before? Anyway, but hold on. You're setting it up. It sounds like there's guns and firemen hmm. and this little Mexican yep. guy. Mm-hmm. It sounds amazing. Hmm. Anyway, is, the, is it does it go like this from here? Yep. So okay. anyway, uh, we, and a bear. We, we'd met him for like five minutes, and I was freaked out about bears. And they said you can't walk this way. We have to show you which way to walk. So we followed them. We went to our log cabin, and I invited him in for a drink because I had a few Coronas. <laughs> Uh, and they had some tequila in his in his backpack. We drank that, and I said, "Let's play some games." Because you know, when you rent an Airbnb, sometimes they've got games in the cupboard there. And I've yeah. reached in to grab some games after pulling oh the door open. I just headbutted oh the door. That's oh it. End of story. You had like all these amazing opportunities for a great story. You had a gun. Yeah. You had a broken bottle. You yeah. had a fireman, mm-hmm. and all these things. And at the end, it yeah. was just you just being clumsy. I could make up a ridiculous story, but that's all that happened. Zane Lamprey, so good to have you on the mic. I got yeah. to do your show. Do you want to know uh, what happened to me? Zane's world. What happened to your face? Do I... <laughs> I was born. I was born. No, but I. what day was that for you? Saturday? Yeah. Okay, so my Saturday, yeah. I went to a party in, in Hollywood. And um, we, should we maybe just have the camera aimed at me? Do you need to be in the shot? I, I can edit it in. It's amazing the wonders of technology. No, I wanna, this is shot in 4K, so I can show your face no, close up. No, like. I'm looking more to edit you out of it. Oh. To make it, like, if we put the camera right here and shot just me and didn't see you, wouldn't that be better? Luckily, I'm doing the editing here, so, <laughs> so uh, it'll be mostly me. There'll be half of your face right <laughs> now, so maybe lean a bit closer like, to me. Like, and you'll my get che- on. like my cheek. Um, so on uh, on Saturday night, I was at a, a party in Hollywood, yeah. which, just like your story, sounds much better in the beginning. Like, the story is going to be about, like, crazy stuff. A lot more celebrities yeah, at yours. a lot more celebrities. Uh, zero celebrities at this place. Uh, we ended up going on the roof of this place and playing Jenga. It was a guy's birthday party mm-hmm. uh, who knows a lot of people in Hollywood. So, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this would be fun. I'll go there." But it was a poker tournament at seven, and then in air quotes, dance party. This would have said at nine. So I was like, you know, I don't need to sit around. And we were shooting stuff in any, in anyway during the day. And I, Bodie, come here. Oh my God, Bodie, come over here. It is the beast. From Zane Lamprey's no, house. No, no, okay, hello, fine. hello. That's fine. But how are you going to not knock, knock over his camera oh, when you leave? He's a crutch sniffer. Oh, edit oh, oh, point. Edit point. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is Bodie. Don't knock over the camera. Bo- don't knock over the camera. The camera. Oh. It's gonna. Oh, it's all right. Oh yeah, shit! It's <laughs> an earthquake in Los Angeles. <laughs> really What's going on? That's a uh, Irish bloodhound or Irish Irish wolfhound. Wolfhound. Yes, bloodhound smaller. That's an Irish wolfhound, Mike. Mm. On the mic with Mike Goldman. And so you party in L.A. Sorry, in Hollywood. What what happened when you got and there? So, this well, guy that knows everyone. Yeah. So it was a poker from seven until nine, but then we got there at like nine thirty, and they were still playing poker. Oh, they go and on so long. It was just like, and 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 the guy who's birthday was was like still at the table because he was doing well oh. so he couldn't even socialize mm-hmm. and so we just ended up they had on the roof they had giant jenga we played a few games oh, that's of giant cool. that's jenga, fun. had some drinks and then we just left 
Uh, and we were going to go to Musso and Frank's, which is uh, a Hollywood institution. It's right next door. And uh, what are you doing? Just massaging my leg. Did, does it look like I'm touching my penis? It sure did. I am. <laughs> I wasn't worried for me. I was so worried, but they were going to be like, "Why?" Mike really loves this story that Zane's telling. He's like, wow, "Oh my god!" And then what happened? Get to the end. Get to the end. <laughs> Don't you finish your story before I finish get it one? in the end? What? I'd what rather happened? just stay over Who here. Who did thanks. what? And so anyway, so then we went to Moose and Frank's. And it was eleven, mm-hmm. and they apparently close at eleven. Mm-hmm. This is one of those places where, like, Errol Flynn, like, rode his horse up to this bar, like, mm. back when it started and whatever. Anyway. There's a new Errol Flynn movie coming out. How is that? Shot in Australia. Oh, about him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but just all these, like, amazing stories about this place, and then they close at 11. So I can't imagine those amazing things happened mm. all before 11. Amazing things So were there happened. any big celebrities there? Or was Nobody. it this Hollywood party something to, to write no. home about? No, it wasn't. So then we were, like, going to take an Uber, but... Mm. Uh, so we're over the hill in, in Studio City. That was directly over the hill in Hollywood. Yeah. And so um, the Hollywood Bowl had just mm-hmm. let out a big concert. And so cars were stopped, even worse than normal traffic in L.A. So literally stopped. So if we got into an Uber. That's we, Lionel Richie. There was a concert? Yeah, I think that's it, Yeah, it could was. have been. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was a Lionel Richie concert. Mm-hmm. And, and they were. So if we would have gotten in a car, we would have just been sitting there. Mm-hmm. So we said, let's take some birds. So we got on the bird oh, scooters. Fun. Not you when you're drunk. Not a good idea when you're drunk. Uh, a great idea. It's a great idea when you're drunk. Mm. It always seemed like dangerous. A good idea. It was dangerous. So we were like, so you can ride the bird over the hill to where we live. It's seven miles. Mm. Um, but it, but they don't want people doing that. So there's like a two block spot. Oh, it stops. Of a dead that, zone. That happened to me the other day in yeah. Venice. I was trying to ride the bird to my car. Yeah. And it's like five streets away, and it's gone. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ripped so, off. So same thing. So we stopped and we heard in the bushes a cat crying. Oh. And so <gasps> I saw it. No. Yeah. So it was a chain link. So Coanga, which is a busy street where Hollywood Bowl, uh, Bowl is, then a chain link fence and then the embankment to the freeway and then the 101 freeway with no fence. And then there was this little kitten sitting there like meowing. Oh. And so I had to jump over the fence and then, and then I made J- my buddy Josh, who was with me, jump over as well, just in case that it sprinted towards the freeway. I'm mm. like, dude, if it, if we had to jump on it, we jump on it. And so we jumped over and couldn't find it. And anyway, had to pull apart all the like this bush to like find it. And it was just her, mm. no other uh, kittens around. So mm. I put it in my shirt. And then called an Uber, brought it home, and then, you want to see it? So you have another cat. Okay, let me just tell you about his house here. He's got the massive Irish wolfhound, and he's got about nine cats as well with, like, robotic feeding systems all over the place, and they have even a cat egg. Oh, my God! Look at this beautiful little thing. You saved this cat's life. Usually when they're in 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 the woods... Uh, oh, it like, looks so scared. Yeah, it's scared. okay. But but she was just like, oh. so scared. That, that poor thing. That's such a cute little cat. What, what color is that? Is that like a coffee, brindley coffee thing? It's called a torty. A, a, a tortoise? What? Torty. It's a torty. You love animals, don't you? You're, do. you're a real animal ambassador. Thanks, buddy. Now, where did that all come from? Um, Your parents? Yeah, for sure. You grew up around a lot of animals. You know what's animals? crazy? My, my my dad would come home every week. Sorry, I was washing my hands. I didn't pee on them. The cat did. Uh, my dad would come home uh, every every week with like once a week or once a It seemed like every week, but it was probably once or twice a summer or something like that with an animal that was like crossing the road that got injured. Mm. A turtle, a woodchuck, I don't know, baby deer. Squirrel. Squirrel, yeah. And so it's in me, but like to the point where... It's it's interesting when that is in your blood, mm. how those opportunities present themselves to mm. you know like because we foster cats here. So mm. like last year we did had like thirty eight come through the house, not at one I, I time. Say so you just sell them off. Well, no. So, so it's really about making money. Is what no, you're saying. We don't, no, we don't sell them. We let people. <laughs> Today's show brought them. to you by Zane Lamprey. Zane's cats. Please shop. buy my cats. Five hundred bucks. <laughs> what do you want? We're looking for. No, we 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 take in the hard luck cases. Uh, that you'll see like pictures of my Instagram and my wife's Instagram. Yeah. And then so the organization we work with knows we take the the, the ones that need socialization mm. that maybe are abused or whatever. Mm. And so we'll take them in and we'll love them and just sort of get them into, you know, a routine. And then another 
a person will come along and adopt them and take mm. them away. So, mm. um, you know, yeah, at present we have only eight mm. in the house, mm. but we have this great, uh, what's it called? Rabbit. You can see it where you are. I can't see it. Yeah, they have this air conditioner here that it, it sucks all the cat piss smell and dog wee smell out of the yeah. air. So you, <laughs> don't, you right. know, the humans don't notice it, but they, they can probably still smell it. I guess so, but we have the world's giant and smelliest dog and eight cats, and you walk in here, you would never know that we have an animal. So you ever been attacked by an animal? Like we talked about bears before from my bear fight. And, yeah, uh, well, uh, like any, any snakes and you, spiders, because Americans always you, go, "Oh, in Australia, everything can cabinet. kill you." But, well, that, but yeah. they, like you guys have bears in the jungle. You don't have freaking bears. We've just got kangaroos. You have cougars that can you know, try and sleep with you if you go to a, a <clears> couple <throat> of bars down in Hollywood. I didn't get attacked, but I'll tell you a fun, fun, a fun story. It's not too fun. It's about a cougar. Uh, I had a friend that was dating this girl. And there were three couples, and they were going to go out in Griffith Park, which is right here, the hill that I came over. So right near where the zoo is and the Griffith Observatory, all that kind of stuff. That's the hill that separates kind of Hollywood from here. And uh, and so – but it's really it's, – it's crazy how it's surrounded by – like when you land in L.A., mm. it's city in every possible direction for as far as you can see. But mm. there's this one little area probably the size of Central Park but not well-shaped mm. in, the, in the hills. Yeah. That are there still mountain lions and coyotes and deer and stuff like that. Yeah, and people are just walking up and down there like there's nothing going on. They're bastards. Like, like what? What if a little kid walked off in the bushes? It'd be gone like that. Well, I don't know that there's that. And many. they let him run around. Rampant. I think it's at night. Well, so so this uh, this this buddy who had this girl hmm. uh, girlfriend, and they were going to break up, and they I guess they had this hike planned a few weeks in advance, and the three couples were going to all go together. And uh, and so it's horrible. Sorry, it's not fun at all. It's horrible. And so they uh, they're like, he's like, I'm breaking up with you know whatever her name is, and and the other friends are like, no, don't. Can we just do this thing and you can break up with her afterwards? Because you know all the girls are friends, guys are friends. Just one last one. He's like, okay, fine. So they go hiking up, and the girl is on her period. Oh, and, okay. And then there was a hungry uh, uh, mountain lion. You could smell blood and thought she was dying. Smell, yeah. And no, attacked her. No. Attacked her and, and scratched her face. Oh, my God. So she went to the hospital. She was fine, but she needed to recover for a while. And the guy that was going to break up with her no, couldn't break up with her. because oh, he, he felt be, bad? No, because he'd be an asshole. Yeah. You can't, oh, now she gets attacked by a mountain lion. Now you break up with her? No, now you need to see it through until she's healed and then you can do it. Did he Did he break up with her eventually? or did he... Eventually, yeah, but, oh, not, but, not, but, but not right you away. See, you have mountain lions and bears in Australia. Sure, we got little spiders that can kill you, but you can stomp on a spider and kill it. Yeah. But a mountain lion, you can't stomp on and kill it. You don't have... But you've all got guns here, so I suppose you can just go, <laughs> poof, easier to shoot. Yeah, and unfortunately, they do that a lot, don't they? You, it's you horrible know, what's going on here lately. Like I don't even. You know, when I was listening to talk radio on the way here, and uh, all they're talking about is uh, you know racism and you know immigrants and 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 the problems with America, but not once did they mention guns being a problem. I know. Well, you know, the argument it will say. So there's a few. There's a few reasons and sort of who watches this: Americans or Australians? Both. Hi. Hey, everybody. Good day. Hi. Um, so there's uh, you know. Basically, there's uh, there's the uh, the amendment of the Constitution that enables you to the right to bear arms, mm. and and the reason that that's that was there back then is is that as they were establishing this new government, mm. they said if for some reason the government ever goes awry, mm. that you know because before then it was like all the, the monarchies take and whatever back their country the and, people would have yeah. the ability to take back their country they mm. wouldn't be yeah. weaponless yeah. and and so they. They always felt like the people would should be as strong as the government that that governs them. The catch is is that that was a time when you know Muskets having a musket was all you needed. One of those funny hair and weird yeah. outfits, but I mean yeah. back then. But you don't really need that now. And 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 if you even tried to protect yourself from the government now. Uh, you usually come off second best well, they show up with armies and shit. You, second best is not a good place to end in a, in a gunfight. But like, yeah, but in this day and age, we have, you know, jets and drones and tanks mm. and whatever. So for someone to feel like they need the an AR-15, an automatic weapon with mm. a max capacity clip, mm. it's like, to, to what end? What's the point of that? It's so, really just going out with a bang, isn't it? Yeah, I guess I'll so. take out as many of you guys as I can before I'm gone. Well, shit. I mean, that would be the philosophy of why the mm. NRA would say, no, don't ban weapons. Mm. We need them because mm. otherwise we're powerless. Mm. But then other people see it as their right to have a collection of guns 
and and then if you are an unstable person mm. uh or going through an unstable time or an unstable person in an unstable time in your life then mm. you know you might feel the need to take out some of your aggression on people that aren't carrying weapons yeah. so it's 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 a really shitty and the time. nra are paying a lot of money to your politicians here to, to make sure no, the gun laws stay exactly where they are happen. actually we've, we've got a political organization in australia called one nation and it's run by a lady who used to own a fish and chip shop in, in, in a backward town called Lipswich. And uh, it's not so backward now. But uh, a couple of the members from her party came over here to the US and met with the NRA. But the guy who set up the meeting was an undercover journalist for Al Jazeera. And he went into the NRA headquarters, like posing as this gun-loving guy who owns gun shops, but yeah. he wasn't, and recorded everything. So you can watch these meetings with the NRA, and, and they're talking about how much money they give them and what, what are the best best ways to, oh. to combat uh, people saying, you know, guns kill people and yeah. uh, not, people, don't, people kill people and all that kind of stuff. And guns it, don't... People you know don't kill things- people with guns. Don't kill people. People kill people with guns. Anyway, yes, how is yeah. peepleys? Anyway, you peepleys. <laughs> Let's get off guns. And this isn't a political podcast. I know, right? We oh, almost went there. This is the legend. That's the him. legend that is. Please don't touch, please don't touch him. He, he, <laughs> just kidding. You can't touch. He he, uh, he looks like he's had his uh, fur redone. Yeah, this is a new. Th- well, you know what's funny? At one point, so here's the story about this. It's your uh, your mascot. My mascot for your, for your show. Three sheets. So drinking made easy. Yeah. Chug. Four sheets and monkey rum and four sheets and four sheets. Yeah, exactly. And so we, um, uh, when I was doing my show, the first show I ever did was called Three Sheets. Look <laughs> how we went political. Now we're coming back. Mm. Um, when I first started doing Four Sheets, um, I wanted to make it Three Sheets. I wanted to make it a drinking game, mm. but I didn't want to tell the network that I was doing that. So I had a beanie baby. Mm-hmm. So not this, but a beanie baby. Uh, that would look similar to that, and I hid him in every episode of the show. And so the um, uh, I reached out to Ty, who owned Beanie Babies, and said, "Hey, I want to use this one. You know, like, can I rename this one as as Pleplius or whatever? Because it was called Swinger." And they said, "Sure." Then they had like a change of the CEO, and, the, and he came in. He's like, "No, drinking show, kids' toys. Mm, no, we're not doing it." So they said, oh, "No." What? But by that point, I'd already had hidden him in a season. Mm. So I said, "All right, fine. I'm going to take the the silhouette of him mm. and put it on a T-shirt and yeah. call it Plipleus. And so that became the image of him. And then I went out and I bought five thousand of these. So this is my, this is looks different than the the, the Taiwan. Mm. Uh, legally different. What happened to the original, the first oh, one? Oh, see here, see here's the logo right there. See. Oh yeah, yeah. So, Peepies. you know, I think it's in a box someplace. Uh, where'd the name come from? I literally, I had like a second to come up with it. Someone's like, "Oh, what's the name of that monkey?" And I was like, "Please, really? I thought this was some little toy that you got when you were a little kid and no. you've held on to it ever since." No, and no, it's just just a drinking game bear. What is your favorite drinking game? It's not a bear; it's a monkey. Monkey drinking anyway. game, monkey. What's your favorite drinking game? You know, what's funny. I was you've learned um, a few around the world. Yeah, I did. Oh, by the way, so I ordered 5,000 of these, mm. and this is the only one I have left. So I, I need to make more, mm. and I need this one because I need the, I need a model to make it off of. This is the model. Ah! <laughs> uh, you know, we were – it's funny. We were just in uh, New Orleans yeah. last weekend uh-huh. at a thing called Tales of the Cocktail. Uh-huh. Biggest, like, cocktail conf- conference in, in the world. Conference, mm. it's just people drinking. And so it's every day there's all these events and stuff like that. And we just, um, at one point, we're just like, we need a little break. And so the the French Quarter is on like a bend in the Mississippi. It goes up like this and it kind of comes on like this. So like this little bulb, this little penis right here mm-hmm. is is kind of like where the French Quarter is. Mm-hmm. But you can just get on a, a, a ferry and, 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 and be in like across the Mississippi and be in uh, – forget the name of it it'll come to me but a different uh area of of new orleans but not the french quarter and so we guess we got a group and said let's just go let's leave the french quarter and i mean you go over there it's it's different it's like it's you're in now louisiana you're not in the tourist area no tourist goes over there mm-hmm. and so we went over there to a, a place called crown and anchor mm-hmm. we sat down to have a drink and there was a big stack of games like you were talking about like you you probably would have hit your head there were so many yeah and so we um, we looked through and like eh, there was like a trivia pursuit, but it was like from the eighties and like people were like I don't remember the eighties, mm. young kids. Mm. And so there was a there was a deck of cards and we started playing. Um, uh, you know, asshole, asshole. Have you played it? No. What's asshole? You 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 dealt the entire deck, right? So uh-huh. there's a few, maybe five, four or five people, whatever it is. You can play as many as you want, I think. And then basically, I put down a a four. 
mm. one four, and you're trying to discard all of your cards. Mm. You would you would put down anything higher. You have anything higher than four? What do you have? In your I got a five. Okay, so you put a five on it. Comes back to me, and I can put, I can put two sixes if I want. Mm-hmm. Now that means that everyone after that this. needs to play doubles, whatever and whatever. And then at the end, yeah. whoever goes out first is the president. And then if you're president twice, you get to make a rule, like. Oh. Oh, whenever some, you need to call Jerry Ballface or whatever it is. And so, like, all these little rules. And if you mess up a rule, you drink. Change people's names. Whatever you want. And if you call them by something else, someone else has to, has to drink. No, if you mess up, you drink. But, but oh, it, yeah. I mean, the rules you can make up are, are limitless. Like, you're not allowed to point. You're only allowed to point with your elbow exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, you can't ever say the word drink. You need to say imbibe or whatever, all these kind of things. So, we just sat there at this little pub, which was an Irish – no, it was an English pub mm. – Outside of New Orleans, across the Mississippi, that by the way, it was like a three-minute boat ride, and half of it was spent docking in the busy, in the muddy Mississippi. But it was just fun. It was just fun, and like I don't play a lot of drinking games, mm. uh, but that is like that's one that just like works. It's just and fun. some countries, I guess so you easy. go to, they say, "Oh, you're doing a drinking show. Oh, we've got this great drinking game," and you kind of sure. Have to do it. And sure, so so a lot of times that you know, well, yes, when we go, okay, so. Thinking about what the show is about, so traveling around the world and drinking. Mm-hmm. When when you realize that like it can't really be about the drinks because I'm holding a beer and my beer mm. is a lager and it's yellow and yours is an ale and it's yellow and yours is an IPA and it's yellow and it's just like uh, you know it's about the culture and you know breaking down those walls when you have a few drinks and having a laugh at right. the bar. That's exactly right. Yeah. So so it, people sometimes think it's about the the the, the beverage, the drink mm. that you're having. Mm. It's not even really the place that you're at. Mm. It's the it's the conversation that ensues. It, it, I got it as a travel show where you get to know the locals and what they're about. Right. Because uh, there's no better way to to discover a new country country than getting to know the locals right exactly and that's why airbnb is great because you go and stay with people and they'll show you where to go and yeah. and you know talk to you about the best things and the history of the town yeah, and all that point. kind of stuff where's the strangest place you've ever woken up mm. <laughs> um, because you know you're playing these drinking games and you might be drinking with these new people and making this well, show that's, yeah, and then, where, where am i it, well and what that's and, and that is that's the thing like so a lot of times in order to get people drinking, I'm going to tell you a story about a drinking game. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, so we went to uh, France, uh, Champagne, France, just outside of Paris, where Champagne comes from. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was the second, third episode I'd ever shot. At this point, I at this point in life, I probably shot 150, maybe mm-hmm. 200. I don't remember. And I don't remember. I've been drinking the whole time. And mm-hmm. so th- we, it's always organized that we're drinking with someone. We know where we're going and like whatever. And, and so, it, you know, we have to just like, you can't just show up with cameras and then find somebody, whatever. Mm-hmm. So the place is ca- called Café du Palais. It was like a, a champagne bar in, in Reims. Rien. It's pronounced Rien. Uh, out, outside of Champagne or in the Champagne region. And so we get there and the person they were interviewing is a woman who's eight months pregnant. And I was like, oh, I don't think we can interview because it's pre- we're drinking. And she's like, oh, in France, we don't care. It's not a big deal. You have a glass of wine. I'm like, oh, that make I mean, that makes sense. But mm. I don't think, you know, for us, whatever. And she's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, okay. So we just, we rolled. And I said to my mic, I have my mic here inside. I go, don't record. I'll just make it quick. And so I interviewed. <laughs> so you like champagne? Yeah, no, whatever. And like three minutes later, it was over. She's like, that's it. I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, that was easy. I'm like, yeah, thank you. And she left. I'm like, okay, now we need to do the scene because we didn't do it. Yeah. So I started talking to the owner. Uh, Jean Francois, and and I said, hey, we need to we need to have someone else that speaks English so we can sit down with and just like have a drink and just sort of learn about champagne. He's like, well, I don't know if there's anyone here that speaks English because uh, you know we are mostly French and uh, I don't think English is you know. I'm like, how about you? He's like, no, 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 no. My English is very poor. I don't think I could hold. Down. Like, you're <laughs> literally right. arguing in English about why you can't speak English. You should probably do a worse job. He's, I'm like, it, I did what that guy on the podcast did to yeah. me. He was like, oh, I, I said, it'll just be 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But we sat down and we started having drinks. But he was just like, doop, you know, like sipping. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's not that I'm trying to get people drunk. I, yeah. I never am because if someone gets drunk, it just gets weird. And that, that's honestly. And they slur and you think it's great at the time. But exactly. you watch it back the next day and it's like, this is, can't use this. It's exactly right. And it's happened a few times where someone's gotten too drunk. We're like, eh, and maybe sometimes it's me. And you're just like, ah, we can't really do it, whatever. Come here, pumpkin. Pumpkin, <laughs> hey, buddy. Oh, beautiful, well trained cats. Just, just passing through, and so um, we uh, we we sat down, and I'm like, he's not drinking. So I'm like, all right, well let's um uh let's have a, a drinking game. Mm. We played quarters. So do you have quarters? 
You have the, uh, we have 20 cent piece. Oh, 20 cent piece. Okay. Yeah. So we have a, like a shot glass. And you take a quarter and you bounce it off the table into the shot glass. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you get to make someone drink. And oh, then okay. there's speed quarters where you're doing whatever. And uh, and so we, um, I'm like, they have euros. I'm like, oh, let's play euros. And mm. so he had some shot glasses and we did it. Mm. And I, you know, teaching him, mm. I had to like lose a few times so that he would, would feel like I wasn't like singling him out. Oh, yeah. And then I went and went, doop, and went you're right in. I'm like, at it. And yeah. And he's like, okay. And I'm, he's like, what do I do? I'm like, well, you have to drink it, the whole thing. And like, yeah, he's like, I cannot, I cannot, I think it is a crime here to drink this, you know, whatever. And so as he's saying that, this, the executive producer who was with us the whole time mm. and this producer who wasn't with us after that trip, mm. she said, you know, her name was Kristen. She said to Mike, she's like, don't worry, Mike, I'll go take care of it. And he's like, cause she starts to get up. He's like, what, what, what are you doing? Cause they're back, by the way, they're back there with headphones mm. and a monitor watching everything that's happening. Mm. And she's like, don't worry, I'll go take care of it. He's like, what, what do you what take do you care of what? what? She's like, well, no, I'll just go tell, tell Jean-Francois that he doesn't have to drink it. And Mike's like, sit down. What what are you talking about? That That's the show. Yeah, that's like, a, exactly. And she's like, no, the, the show's not about that. The show's about the drinks and, and you know, and, the, and, and what the drinks are. And he's like, no, like, oh, my God, let this play out. It's about the relationship. It's about the relationship. And conversation and, yeah, and banter. Yeah, and it's not a, and, and it's about powering through those uncomfortable things, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that ended up being one of those scenes that everyone remembers. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's seen the, 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 the champagne episode remembers that, that, you know, that scene. And so I, I like, um, I think when I got married to, to Mel, yeah. Uh, would it be 2012? So maybe like the next year, maybe like 2013 or 14, mm. which would have been about, uh, seven or eight years after I shot that scene. Mm. Um, I, uh, went to Champagne and brought Mel with me, hmm. and or went to went to Paris. I'm like, let's go to Champagne. Hmm. We knew somebody who owned a um, uh, hey buddy, uh, a Champagnery. I don't know what we call that. Hmm. Anyway, tat- t- it's, it's spelled tat- It's Still a brewery, isn't it? Well, no, it'd be a, <laughs> I guess it'd be a winery. A, a winery? Yeah. Champagne so it, it, it was wine? it was yeah. the original wine of James Bond. It was a James Bond. It was Tattinger. Tattinger. So we went there and we were just hanging out there and we were. I was talking about. Cafe Du Palais. She's like, mm. oh, Jean-Francois. I'm like, yeah, you know him? She's like, yeah. And she called him up. And then we all went there and we sat down with Jean-Francois and had champagne. Same eight, dude. Eight years later. Yeah, wow. Not only that, there was like a customer who kept coming in and going, oh, what is that? And he would come in and pretend like to steal a sip of the champagne and just walk away with it. And then there was a waiter who was just sort of had these really weird expressions and didn't know what we were saying. They were all there. All in the same seat. Still the same people. Eight years later. Wow. It never has happened before. We actually went to a place in Belgium, which mm. was the second episode we ever shot. Mm. So Mel and I went over there. I'm like, let's go to this place. It's called Delirium. It's got uh, a thousand and one beers on the menu that you can get at that at that time. It's like the world record. Mm. Went in there. I'm like, hey, we shot here with, uh, you know, whatever. I forgot the guy's name. I looked it up before I went in there. She's like, they're like, no, he doesn't work here. No, we, he was like the manager. I've, no, I've never heard of him. Where like, in Belgium? Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was in uh, in Brussels. Brussels. And it was uh, it was Delirium Cafe. Mm-hmm. And it was just, and they had never heard of me. And they have never heard of the show. They'd mm-hmm. never heard of the per- the guy who worked there. And so they're like, oh, that was disappointing. Yeah. And so that was actually, I think, before. And then the next the next trip, or the next leg of our trip was in Paris. And then it all worked out at, mm-hmm. at Cafe. But where's the weirdest place you ever woke up? So that's the drinking game story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weirdest place I ever woke up. You know, you're doing these games and you're meeting these people and you, well, I might have had a bit too much. I'll, t- I'll tell you where the strangest place I ever woke oh, up. Oh, is that why I you? Just, I just remembered. Okay. Um, so I was moving house and uh, I went out to a friend's uh, farewell party for work and they were doing shots and drinking games and it got quite messy. And, you know, when I like to sleep in the nude. And so um, I moved all the stuff. I know you do. I moved all the stuff out of my house that day into the new house, gone to the, uh, the party, got had one too many drinks and went back to the old place mm-hmm. and realized that <laughs> I'd moved all my stuff and it was way over the other side of town. So I thought, oh, I'll just sleep here for the night. And I took off all my clothes and slept at a cardboard box. And the people who were... <laughs> Who were moving in showed up a day early. Oh, and so no. I'm nude in a cardboard box, and they've got. I was wait, wait, bad. but you were trying to put my clothes on. But wait, were you even drinking? Yeah, the night before. Oh, you were. Okay, yeah, got it. I went home okay, at, got at midnight it. to my old home. 
Oh, God. And then the new people have come early. Yeah. And they're like, oh, oh, sorry. I'm just getting picking up some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, in my mind, no blankets, just a naked man in a cardboard yeah, box. Yeah, yeah, I guess I didn't really care. I mean, it, it was a warm time of year and it was quite embarrassing. And I think they kind of knew that I'd slept there because, you know, I quickly put my pants on, had no shoes on and just no shirt. I'd, come, come in, come in. Oh, it's just hot in here. You know, I just took my shirt off. Just, just finished moving. I, you know, what's... You've never had a strange, like, woken up in a park no, or up a tree? No, or... and you know what? It's like, I always phrase it like this. If I had a superpower, it would be be the fact that i've never like blacked out so by the way that means what? i don't i don't have excuses no oh, man i blacked out that's a but i don't want to do that anymore that's not a good thing well no i mean i don't no i don't think i have like so so you're uh, a happy drunk though i am a happy drunk mm. i'm a happy drunk same i can't stand those people that are did they drink i and had they a, get angry and i had just... a roommate that he now he, he would actually like is in college so he um so you know it's a Dorm room, my bed, his bed across the, just across this very small room. And I remember one morning he wakes up and he's like, Hey, Zane. Yeah. It's like, what happened? <laughs> he was, his arm was in a cast because mm. he tried to wrestle somebody bigger than him and, and broke his collarbone. Oh. And I mean, of course, I was there when his buddies brought him in and whatever, mm. but he had no recollection whatsoever. Then the next weekend, with drunk guy with a broken collarbone wakes up, Hey, Zane, what happened? Honest to God, fucking broke both of them. No. Yeah. That person shouldn't drink. <laughs> that's Clearly. A good, that's a good point. Mm. Um, and you know, the guy who's in my shows, Steve McKenna, mm-hmm. he's more of, 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 has more of those stories than I do. Mm. And so he one time uh, uh, went home mm. in college. Yeah. And just decided to crash on the couch rather than go into his, his bedroom. Mm-hmm. And woke up the next morning with a gun shotgun in his, in his face oh he's gone to the wrong house he's gone to the wrong house like I did yeah and the guy's like well no this wasn't even this wasn't even his old house this oh, was somebody else's somebody house else's on this, yeah lucky he didn't get shot I know <laughs> and, then, and then it's like you know but you're like your house is right in the middle of college row in a college town you gotta expect that kind of shit and you probably should, probably should lock your front door but you know anyway it was just, just kind of like and the guy's like you're in the wrong house you got five seconds to get out of here like or hey you're in the wrong house I don't know you, so I'm going to hold the gun on you, but mm. I don't have to be a dick about it. You've traveled to so many countries. Has there ever been any hairy situations like that where local law enforcement have pulled their guns on you or the army or no, a border crossing and weird stuff's happened? Not. <laughs> There's, okay. So the 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 cop one once, where we were in Mexico and tequila, mm. and we thought it'd be funny there. to... It was, it's cool. It's cool. Mm. But we thought it'd be funny if... Uh, but by the way, the nearest sort of city is Guadalajara, mm. and that is sort of a a, a gang, you know, a, a cartel mm. uh, So stay away from city. there. You can't really help because that's what you fly into, yeah, just sort well. of know. Um, I mean, I never felt like in, in any danger, but when we went to tequila, we thought it'd be funny if... You know, we told our fixer, who's our location scout and uh, uh, and translator, all this kind of stuff, if he would, um, hey, maybe you can have these cops pretend to arrest me. And sure, yeah, they pretended to arrest me, put me in handcuffs, brought me to the jail, put me in a cell. I mean, at this point, by the way, the camera couldn't get past, like, you know, the main thing. But here I am in a cell, like... There's no cameras. There's this, no cameras. This, this isn't for the show what anymore. Is, what was what was wrong? And then no they, work visa. They come back five minutes later laughing. But, uh. like, I was like, I was like <laughs> that's pretty tequila is a cool place I don't like this worth going to sure if it's yeah 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 it's it's a it's a it's a smaller town it's you know it's if you love tequila if you love tequila for sure or Mm. any or mexican food or or mexican lagers whatever but um you know the soil there is so good because it's basically by this volcano so you know the tequila region is 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 an appellation like Mm. champagne Mm. you can only make tequila in tequila Mm. excuse me I'm going to go like this. But now she's having a drink, but I don't have one. Anyway, that's part of the show. Burping your way around the world. Burping your way. Lamprey. Lamprey. Um, and, uh, and so the soil is so good there for for the blue agave plant. that And, and, and if you're in the tequila region and you're not growing tequila, mm. because remember, if you grow it outside, it's like it's not. You know, Mezcal has a region too. It'd just be like a spirit made from agave or agave mm. spirit, which no one would waste the time to do. Mm. So every farmable piece of land mm. in this region just like in champagne is like growing tequila is growing te- yeah growing the agave so so it's it's kind of pretty in that regard is that your it, favorite episode is no. that the most fun no by all no 
was not the most fun. What was your favorite? Because you know, I mean, you've got you've done so many different drinking shows we, now, traveling the world. We had a guy in that in that episode in Tequila. Yeah, that um, he 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 was like, this is what happens when you walk into a place and you're like, whatever, and people are already drinking when you get there, right? Mm. So if we get there ahead of time and people show up, then they're sober and they register and then they they respect what we're doing. Mm. But when we go in in and people were already drinking. Like, oh, what's going on? They get like, you know, little uh, beer muscles and whatever. Not any, but not any real trouble. Mm. But like, um, this guy's like, oh, so you think you can, you can, you can now drink me? And I'm like, no, oh, the show, the show is absolutely not about who can, who anyone. can out drink. That doesn't make any sense. No, that's not what the show's about. He's like, I bet I can. I'm like, okay, He's okay, like, you yeah. win. Congratulations. You, you win. He's like, yeah, I'll buy you a drink. And he comes back with a pint glass. Yeah. Okay, that you would normally have Guinness in or a pint of whatever. Yeah. Filled with tequila. Oh, man, that's ridiculous. And he chugged it. And we're mm. like, okay. And, of course, you know, we filmed it. Mm. And then, like, he's his, his, his they're at the table next to us. And, like, you, you should go check on your buddy. Oh, he's fine. I went in to go to the bathroom, and the guy just said, thrown up all oh, of it. Of course you would. Tequila yeah. is so strong. And um, you and, had a show called Chug, so I guess it's easy for people to think, oh, this show is all about sculling beer. And we you know, had the, yeah. uh, our Prime Minister of Australia once held the world record for drinking a beer the fastest out of a yard glass. <laughs> is that really? Bob Hawke. And he only recently just died a couple of months ago. And uh, yeah, That's amazing. he's our prime minister had a world, the world record. record for chugging a beer the fastest. And, and, and I'm sure that's no like... And like, he has his own beer now in Australia named after him called Hawk's Ale. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, how, he, how, he was, how old was he when he died? Absolute legend. Um, I think he was in his late 70s. Man, how mm. did I not know that information when I went there? Yeah, he's uh, he's a bit of a legend, that's for sure. But uh, you, he, they had a big state funeral and everything for him when he was gone. But um, So there's Chug, drinking made easy, yeah. three sheets. And two, four sheets. So four so, sheets. so Chug means throwing it Where back. Where can you watch all of these things? Is so, it, they're all on different channels, like uh, Nash, most, the National Geographic, I mean, honestly, Drink TV. Most of them at this point are all on drinktv.com. Yeah. Um, but I, the, you know, Chug was on Netflix again. Chug was I traveled by train. I chugged along to learn. So ah, that was. Okay. But again, like we, I wanted all and drinking made easy was like a joke. I mean, it's drinking is easy. the easiest thing ever, right? It's like <laughs> it's like breathing made easy. Yeah. And so we just wanted these titles that you're flipping through when you have 150 channels that you would be like, what is that? And so that's why we named it three sheets and four sheets. Both mean like four sheets to the wind. They means drunk, you know, whatever. Mm. Uh, so there's a new new network called DrinkTV.com. Um, you can get on Apple TV. Has it got an app as well, and you can just watch all the app, shows. Has an app that's as well. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And it and it's all shows about drinking. It's all drinking shows. So there's yeah. like a wine show. I mean, a yeah. friend of mine makes a show called The Flying Winemaker. I guess you probably put something like that on there. I or... wonder if that one's even on there. I know uh, uh, William Shatner's. Brown bag wine or something like oh, that. Oh wow! William Shatner's <laughs> got a show on there. Yes, I, yes. To boldly drink when no man has drunk before. That would be a much better name for the show. <laughs> to, <laughs> to boldly drink. That's all. It's all you'd say. To boldly drink. Just like the Star Trek fans would watch it. I know exactly. And what is your favorite drink? Are you a uh, Scotch, bourbon, whiskey, beer? Um, you know, is it always? I get a feeling it's beer. I mean, it's 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 whatever you feel like at the time. It's whatever I feel like at the time. Hmm. Like I don't ever want to be pigeonholed into like. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, because sometimes, I mean, man, sometimes we're out there shooting, like, mm. we were in, uh, in uh, shooting an episode about whiskey in mm. uh, in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and it's all bourbon, 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 yeah. and I was just like, man, can I just get a beer? I just like, want I, a beer. I doesn't even need to be on camera. I just really need a refreshing <laughs> drink. I was so. Your go-to is beer. Depends. Mm. You know what I had? I went to the movies last night. And you can get drinks there, and I got a dirty martini. Oh, hello. Hello. I love a dirty martini. Yeah. yeah olives all swizzled up. I like that. Mm. I liked it a lot. Maybe we should go get one. Oh, I feel like one now. Um, Yeah, should we just go get one? Yeah, let's go. Okay. I've had enough of this. Hey, um, but seriously, uh, you, you've uh, so you like beer. Yeah. Uh, but you'll have a dirty martini or whatever, wherever you go. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's funny. The... the a kind of a question you were asking before, but like a, a way that someone has asked it before was they say... Like, what's the weirdest country you've ever gone to or whatever? Mm. And, and it's funny that the answer is Kentucky, mm. you know, <laughs> which is a, a state. Strange. yeah. And and uh, I just knew it would be all be about bourbon. Mm. And so that was the episode I decided to bring my buddy Steve in. Yeah. And 
and literally the reason that I intended to do that entire thing was just I just wanted to stunt drinker in case things got a little out of control. A stunt drinker, which, which 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 they did, and that and yeah. and Steve, that's literally what his job has yeah. been yeah. is like take some pressure off of me yeah. in case you because now we're, you know again we're at the point we've shot over 150 episodes, yeah. and sometimes you'll be in a scene where someone's just like come on let's do shots, and you're just like. No, we're Steve. Will Steve, come here, Steve. Steve, stunt cock. <laughs> because sometimes, often, you know, time is money. Mm. So if you're out there, like we don't, we may convey that the episode was shot in a day, mm. but it's usually shot in about three days, mm. maybe four. Mm. And so if I'm at a location, there's a good chance that I have to go to another location after that. So, uh oh. My God! <laughs> the cat just stopped the audio recording. Don't delete it! Don't delete it! That is so amazing. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you realize what you've just done? Check. Yep. Hey, hey. Listen to this. <clears throat> In, In a world, world where Mike Goldman has the best show on the planet, it's on the mic with, with Mike Goldman. Oh wow, wow that's, that's a fantastic, fantastic intro. intro. I should just, just keep, keep that, that and use it. On the mic with, with Mike Goldman. Golden. Golden. Hey, you moved to Hollywood, Hollywood like, like golden. Golden. Okay, 15 years ago? Wow, that's generous of you. How, 20? I don't know. 24? 24 years ago. Yeah. And so you came in here bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, all ready crazy? to take on Hollywood. And, 24 and you, years. You wanted to be a star. Yeah. What, well, you wanted to be a host, I believe. No, I uh, know. An actor? No, I, I moved out here. I, I, a removalist? I, I, who was that? Someone who moves house oh yeah, yeah yeah for sure god if i could find the work um i moved out here to be an actor and then and then and and maybe like a comedian but being comedian was so scary uh and mm. then i discovered that there was this job called a host mm. and all you had to do was just show up and talk about things you didn't really need to memorize mm. or you need to read off a tele- teleprompter and it was like what and i remember the first time i went in it wasn't even i mean i went to an audition mm. and i put on my on my my resume um, uh, like you would have like your the stuff you did, which was all made up, mm. right? Mm. Degree in theater, not true. I got like a minor in theater, and like all these things, like plays, Shakespeare plays, never did one. And then all these like, uh, please don't step on the keyboard. Again. <laughs> and then and then, and then they, don't, they don't need to see your butthole. I think they'll be fine without it. I think it. Can you just blur that out? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> and so um. All this bullshit, and then I, and in special skills, I said like, can ride a unicycle, sings opera with his belly button, whatever. And so I get up there, and they're like, oh, tell us about yourself, and I tell whatever, say whatever I say, and then they're just like, um, so this belly button opera, let's see that. And I'm just like, oh, that's not really. And so I go, <laughs> and so anyway, and I and I got the part, and it was like, for, what was that? It was like a, for an MTV show, oh, cool. and a new group of. Like, that was your first job in LA. And we went. We went to shoot all the promo stuff and all that kind of stuff, and it never happened. Oh, and that, you hate that. That was welcome to, to that, LA. I, I've Did you call mom of, and tell of, her that you were you, you had a show? Did oh you, man, I leased a car, and <laughs> I got, you know I got a, a better place to rent. Yep. I was, was going to be hosting Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yep. I, I, had, I, I had meetings with NBC and the third meeting and yep. NBC Universal with the the guy who who made uh, you know all, all the reality shows and. Then all of a sudden, someone else came out through and bought the rights to it. Yeah, and I wasn't doing it anymore. And I'm like, oh, okay. I've had. I mean, I could sit here and bore you with stories there's about so many of those. The, here's here's the thing: is but there's that, so many opportunities. That's all that says about sure. This but I mean, like, here's the here's the thing: there is nowhere for second place mm. because if I, I, there was one time that I was auditioning, I it was like a, it was in like a two month period. We're all, they were doing all these network shows. And um, there was um, there was four that I was up for on like CBS, ABC, NBC, and and it was between me and Joe Rogan, me and Chris Kattan, me and John O'Hurley, and me and Ben Bailey, who did a show called Cash Cab, mm-hmm. and they were all bigger names than me. Mm-hmm. And this was like right after Three Sheets, and so I went in there, and it was between me and each of those guys, and in every instance, those guys got the part and not me. Damn them! And and the, the, none of those shows went. But it's just amazing. Oh, they didn't even go to air. They didn't even air. That happens so much here. Yeah, I hear yeah. stories about people making a show, and then all of a yeah. sudden, oh, we're not, not running it now. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, it's it's just big pilot. It's big production, and you're like, like I, I have friends that just said like, uh, mm. my buddy who's on the podcast a while ago. His name is Dan Dunn, and mm. he 
he wrote a show that was that uh, he wrote a book called Living Loaded about his life hmm. drinking, and he it was it was kind of about him. And the guys from Always Sunny in Philadelphia produced it with him. They got Donald Sutherland to play his dad. What? And they shot the pilot, and he was like, "This, we're off. We're, do, we're doing it. This is it. I made the big time, baby. And it didn't get picked up. That sucks, man. And it, it just goes from, like, huge to, like, yeah. nothing. It's so crazy. in between those actual paying gigs, like, you, you know, you have all these shows over the years, and especially when you first got here. Like, how, how do you drive yourself to, to continue the hustle? Because how do you that's pick what yourself it's about. Up by your... It's very easy to go and just take a full-time job, you know, being a producer or working behind the scenes and have that peace of mind. But you really need the time to hustle and work on your craft and, you know, become a good actor, become a good host, come up with the great ideas. How, how do you push yourself to do that? You know, I once when... had a girlfriend that asked me, how long are you going to give it out here? Hmm. And I said, as long as it takes. And it was a pr- it was a it was a it was a very simple conversation, mm. but there was a lot behind it. Mm. Because the thing is, is like the longer you're out here, the more people you know, the more you learn, the better you get, um, and and the the better your your chances every single day when mm. you meet somebody. You know, like if I was casting something, mm. it was between this guy over here who I don't know and and you. Mm. It's like I'm gonna. I'm gonna cast you, hmm. even if you guys came in, your performances were were on par, or if his was like a little better and it was difficult like, to tell. Oh, like, I know him. I had a beer yeah. with him, and I, I met him at a party, and he's yeah. a cool, dude. I mean, I know I, that guy's yeah. good. He can be a backup, and that's the thing. There's it's no, like, no B. A lot of times, you're not necessarily hiring the person for the show. You're hiring the person for when you're not shooting, and by that I mean like like that you can get along with at work. That's exactly right. Mm. Because exactly some right. some people could be such a pain in the ass and want so much, and they'll have a manager that's hard to deal with or an agent that's hard to deal with. Right. And right. and if there's there's that guy that they know and they've worked with him before, pff, yeah, just use him. And and I know that a lot in reality TV. I mean, there's a lot of Australians living here in LA. Trent, Dana, Aaron, some mates of mine who I worked with over the years on Big Brother, and they're producing shows like uh, the new Car Show, Hyperdrive. On, yeah, those your friends are all doing huge and, shows, and uh, you know it's, uh, it's, the, the, the ultimate tag show, and yeah. and it's because they go, oh yeah, Trent's good, he'll do the job well, and he won't complain, and you know he won't bitch, and he'll just do it, and he gets along with right. everyone, and you know Donna gets the job done because She's they're Australian, legend. they're just nice, to, they're just nice to hang out with the Australians. But are, are they them. becoming a mafia? I heard the, the term the other day, the Aussie mafia, because <laughs> I mean, they're all hiring each other know. With, with, within the shows. And now you guys are trying to push all of our coffee shops away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Bluestone Lane. Bluestone, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Nick, who, uh, who owns those. I mean, they're, the, they're amazing coffee. They're amazing. I think people are realizing Starbucks is this syrup. They're just, ugh. I don't and think I don't think that horrible. The, I don't think that Starbucks is syrup. It's the worst coffee in the world. How do people drink that stuff? I don't think I mean, it's seriously, the worst. that's why they go to Bluestone Lane and they go, oh, well, this is. This is what real coffee supposed to taste it's, like. It's, it's delightful. I had it this morning. Yeah, I had so, some coffee. So you're you're extremely successful in Hollywood. Are there, wow. Are there ever Me? times? Yes. You look at the amazing house living in Hollywood, and you've you've got so many shows on so many different networks, and it's, you've got your clothing label adventure. Do you ever feel like you're not successful? Yeah. Like literally, as you're listing my accolades, I'm starting to feel like I'm not worthy of it because you know it's funny. As you, as you get through life and this and this profession, so to answer the first thing about how do I pick myself up by my bootstraps, every time there's a failure, mm. it's like you have to almost just you're you're you have to almost be better at what you do in your off time than your on time. Like when you're when when I'm hosting something, whatever, like that's it. Like I'm in I'm in the zone. Mm. But how good am I at hustling to figure out what that next gig is mm. and not getting not getting just sort of just heartbroken over losing out on a big network show or all these sort of things. So it's like it's all part of the game, right? So it's 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 on a roller coaster. You can't have your ups without your downs and that kind of thing. And it's just like it's a it's 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 a really tough thing. And like we can sit here with the camera on and just sort of say it's tough, but like some sometimes man, like sometimes it's really fucking like, like sometimes it's like it's like you just want to throw your hands up and just go home, mm. go home, go well, home. I've done, I've done that before. I mean, a few years ago, um, you know, I was in a, a engaged to a girl who was in Australia and didn't want to move here, and and you know, I had a couple of shows here that uh, some I funded myself to do pilots for, and you know, we're all excited they were going to happen, and another one that that uh, was going to happen it fell through, and I'm, I was doing a million auditions and just nothing was hitting, yeah. and. And I'd blown pretty much all my cash that mm-hmm. I had saved up because I had you know money that I was putting into my house in Australia, so I had to keep paying that. 
because uh, I had a bank loan, and it's like I got to a point where I was sleeping on my friend's couch, yeah, and thinking this is this is the real low point in my life, and uh, you know, then something something came along because you got to get back up on the horse, you got to talk to your friends and your family, and and you got to you got to realize how how good you are that got you to those places before, and just keep on moving in that direction. But it's one of those things that like you know, we were, we were talking about, you know how. Um, uh, like Robert Downey Jr. is done with the Marvel mm. and, and Chris Evans is done. And you're like, can you imagine being at a point when you're just like, nah, you sure? I mean, I mean, we'll give you 50 million if you want to come do one. Nah, you know, I'm good. Couldn't be bothered. Couldn't be bothered. Well, they've got yeah. so, so much money, but yeah. you know, that 50 million, maybe I'll give it to starving kids. And But, but at that point, it becomes, about, it becomes about something else. Like, yeah. no, I'd rather go on a different part of a journey. I've been playing the same character for 10 years. Mm. But like, I don't know. I mean, it's, but he was at a point, Robert Downey Jr., where he, he was in jail, and yeah. you know his career was done. And and if all, all those headlines all those years ago when he was busted for cocaine and yeah. all that stuff, there was there was no he, way he, anyone he, would have way, thought he would be where he is now. He speaking then. of waking up in weird places, he woke up at his like neighbor's kid's room one time. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so look, I, I'll never be content mm. with with what I'm doing. Um, or with what I've I think done. that's the secret as well. Don't or don't be content. No, you can't be because then you're not utilizing. You know, you're playing to your best best strengths and not utilizing your ability to create amazing shows like you've done in the past. I think it's like you can get like you can get occasionally complacent, but I've had friends that that have been on like sitcoms, mm. you know, big sitcoms for a few years, and then it, all of a sudden it's canceled, and they weren't thinking about what came after that, you know? They weren't saving their bucks. They, they weren't planning for the future. Yeah, they just or they just weren't laying the groundwork for what is possibly mm. coming next because mm. everything was just working. Mm. And if you if it, if it works like that, you're like three years, four years, you're in a sitcom, you're making mm. great money, everyone yeah. knows who you are. Like, this is yeah. amazing. Plan for the future is probably good advice. Like, I was talking to a producer friend of mine the other day, and he's uh, employing people to work on this new show. And a guy came in who'd been, uh, you know, two IC on a big show like MasterChef or something like that for years, and he's begging for a job. And he's like, "You should be worth a hundred million dollars with your own production company by now." What yeah. happened? And he yeah. actually said that to him. Yeah. And uh, so, what what people are doing who do get to that point where they're actually, you know, producing the big shows, they're doing deals with the companies that they're working for to get money to start their own production company and make it with that production company they're working for before. That way they're building their own business. Mm-hmm. So thinking long-term is, is something you definitely have to do. Like our mate Dan Listing's just invested in these uh, burger the joints. Burger places, yeah. They're called Burger Patch. Yeah. Uh, so you, you think of like, okay, there's going to be downtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you going to do? You open a fruit market stall at the uh, the local organic food markets or oh, I like that is that what you're doing yeah that's what I'm actually doing <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm knitting though I mean it's a good segue into adventure yeah tell us about adventure this incredible clothing label that you created so I you know when I was doing three sheets which was the first show I ever did I was wearing I just went out and bought some shirts and I, there was a shirt I remember it just had like a sunset on it or something and someone on social media said hey where'd you get that shirt and I was like oh well I got it wherever I got it and I was like oh wait a second I'm I'm wearing a billboard, and I had always grown grown up. I'm in college. I was I got my degree degree in in graphic design. Mm. Actually, that's not true. I got my degree, my actual college degree in oil painting. No, I swear to God, yes, that's the weirdest in thing. The arts. Yeah, but right. but 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 my hobby and what I sort of parlayed that mm. into was graphic design. Mm. And so I've worked as a graphic designer and all that kind of shit in, in, in other lifetimes. And now you're in fashion. Now I'm in fashion. But so one of the things I, I was like, oh, I'm making, I'm wearing these T-shirts that other for other people. And so I called the network and said, hey, I want to wear my own shirts. Is that fine? And put like you had to on. ask permission for that. Yeah, it's all in the contract. You can't be. And they said, "They well, here's a funny story." So they said, uh, "We yeah, sure. We and we sell DVDs, so we'll actually just sell them for you, and we'll just do a thing." So I'm like, "All right, well, let's just do this." One, tell you what. So here's the designs. I designed them. I had all the the prototypes made. Like you guys can get them made, uh, and then I'll just get like you know 25 percent of 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 the. Um, you know the profit, or how, however, I, I think that that's how it was worded. And mm. I said to my attorney, like, maybe we shouldn't. We should put a floor, right, mm. just in case there's no profit. Mm. Oh, and you're they fine. all pay themselves a massive wage and go, oh, there's no profit. So what happened mm. was it's the weirdest example. So, mm. so they said, uh, I said, hey, how many shirts? Because after the first quarter, they, they sent me a check, and they sent me a check for like fifteen grand. 
Hmm. Wow, this is great. That's all right. So I called him and I said, um, hey, uh, how, how'd it go? And, um, and they said, oh, great. We sold like 15,000 T-shirts. And I was like, oh. You got a dollar a shirt? Well, yeah, but remember, remember the shirt? I, I, I gave you the shirt cost, right? Hmm. And then we had the shipping. We worked it all out. So my, my, I should have gotten like $3 a shirt. And then he, they go, well, I mean, come on. You got $15,000. <laughs> like, Get stuffed. Yeah, but... Yeah, but I'm but I should have gotten forty five thousand dollars. Yeah. Remember, this is I'm making twenty five hundred dollars an episode. Yeah, I did eight episodes the first season. I I, I didn't have enough to pay rent. You yeah, know? And so yeah, I had yeah. to figure out how to hustle. And so um, you got to stick up for yourself. How weird is it? Like I'm, you know, I'm I'm on a on, on a TV show. This guy traveling around, and then you go down to the bar, and I'm I'm the bartender. Like you know. And yeah. by the way, that's and fine. That, that can happen, man. You you got, you got to look out for number it one. Did happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so and so I was like, and and they said, I go, well, what happened? We had broken it down that basically, we had said because we broke down all the costs that I was going to be getting three dollars a shirt. And he's like, well, we didn't expect to, to sell this many shirts, so we actually had to go out and hire another person. Or, or two people, and we had to pay them. So there was actually no money left over at all. There actually was no profit. I'm so like, they give money to a couple of their friends, their auntie or their yeah, I'm just sister. Like, or... If there's no profit in a $25 t-shirt, yeah. you, you, you did it wrong. But anyway, so lesson learned. And then I basically, from that point... Um, started your own. I started my own. And uh, is that hard? Is it? Is, must be a lot to learn. Well, starting your own clothing label because you, you're making these jackets, not like just t-shirts. Yeah. What if I have? Do I have one? They're oh. incredible. They got like a million yeah, yeah. pockets for your passport and your ex girlfriend so, and yeah. What? So you know, it started off t-shirts and then and then sweatshirts and I was like, can I make a sweatshirt that has a bottle opener zipper? And then it was like. Then I was talking to a guy that used to manufacture in in China, and he was like getting stuff made for me. But like, he would just like tell me yes, and then all of a sudden he'd sh- here you go, here's what what it looks like. And I'm like, well, I'll make some changes. You can you know, he's like, you can make one round of changes. I'm like, I thought this would be more like working together. And so after that experience, I just went over to China by myself mm. and um, did the deal and and just learned and made mistakes mm. and and got better. And now I have a great staff and great, you know, people that work for me, and mm. the products are amazing. I mean, that yeah. was that right there. That story is going back twelve or mm. thirteen. So now years. you built built this incredible brand, and yeah. uh, it's going into backpacks as well and jackets. So yeah, and... so we have back. So this is our backpacks. So we have backpacks. oh cool. We get, we get a little display of all, all the latest range of so adventure this is, gear. This is the, oh, that, the, oh, that looks cool. Just look at that. What, tell me about this one. You would like that. Welcome to the Home Shopping Channel version of On The Mic. Today, Zane Lamprey talks to us about adventure. Oh, drugs. Uh, adventure, he's amazing. <laughs> there's nothing no. in there. <laughs> he believes me. Okay. Hey, that's uh, got a good solid backing. You put your laptop in there. That's, yeah, let me that's show you. Cool. So, so here's what's amazing about this about this backpack. is, uh, is um, So you're basically... You just flew here, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you want to throw stuff in your hotel room. Yeah. And you don't want to take all this this whole bag around with you. Mm. So you would... Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And you can wear the little bag as a backpack. Yeah, so you basically pop off the Genius. small bag. Yeah, that makes so much sense. That's cool. And what's this worth? How much do these cost? Uh, I, think they, I think they retail for... Let me guess. Yeah. 200 bucks. Yeah. No, 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 no. no? One, $199. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you serious? I guessed it. Yeah. No, you were off by a dollar. So there you go. Oh. And then the and then oh, hang on a minute. How do you wear that? Yeah, so you gotta pop these out of here. Oh, okay. Oh, hello. Oh, this is very clever. Did you design this? Yeah. Oh man, so that's the, cool. Designing like we've been doing these for a long time, but designing this particular bag mm. was about a year and a half. That's cool. And t- tell me about the uh, the grooves that are in the back here. Yeah. No- normally it's just padding, but you've got this really thin stuff. And yeah. Then, so you then know what it is? So basically every time, and there's a place for your laptop. And so every time you take a step, you know the the bag bounces on your on your back. Mm-hmm. And so we put these grooves in. So every time you take a step, the air like leaves yeah, and new so air comes in. So you don't have in. a sweaty back. So new air comes in and it comes out. So you, yeah, reduces. They're like the, lungs. They yeah. look like lungs. So reducing the amount of heat on your on your back. Did you design this? Yeah. You're genius. I love this. So what what does this thing do here? What do you, what can you put in? That's in that for little... your hand. Okay, so yeah. you can carry it with like it's an yeah. arm bag. Uh-huh. No, that's for carrying. I love arm yeah, bags. Yeah, no, that's how you're supposed to carry that. Uh, that's for like carrying like uh, if you have a sweaty shirt 
and you want to put it inside oh, your bag. Wet you stuff. Put it, yeah, the, exactly. Makes sense. Uh, and then it has these neoprene side uh, pockets for beverages. And then Ooh. this, I don't think you're ready for this. Well, I'm not ready. I don't think but, you're ready for but this. But do it. This is a uh, a cooler that holds a six pack. That holds a six pack. Yeah. Oh, it's quite quite big. And it expands into the yeah. bag. So if you're using that space, it makes the size of the main compartment smaller. Otherwise, if you're not using it, you can use the entire size of the main compartment. So, so you had to go to China and sort all this stuff out with the, with the grooves on Nam. the back here? Nam. Nam. Yeah. Vietnam. Vietnam best, make great the stuff. The best uh, bag makers are in Vietnam. Whereabouts in Vietnam did you go? Because um, uh, I went, I went Ho, to... Ho Chi Minh? Ho, uh, yeah. I went, Saigon? Oh, okay. I, w- I was um, in Ho Chi Minh and then I went to... Um, oh, yeah. The, 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 hey. the, 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 on the beach. What's the beach area called? Hanoi. No. I was no down low, down south. Uh, beautiful old historic town. And in Vietnam, mm. the Delta on the Delta. Oh, I can't remember the Mrs. place. But I, anyway, I got like ten suits made there, and they cost me like fifty oh, bucks yeah, each. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. But what's this down here? So this, this, this is this is the big bag that you can get separately that has a cooler that holds uh, two bottles of wine or uh, eight cans of beer. Now, that's just for size. That's huge. Yeah. So so it's great to like... It makes sense to have it at the bottom too. Right. Because like, why would you have this, and, and this cold is a, bit at the top? Because exactly. It's clothes and it's and, a waterproof zipper, but again, it's, it, it's like there's condensation and stuff like that. You want that down here, not says, on top of your stuff. chill out on the bottom. Chill out, bro. That's cool. Chill I out, love bro. that. Thanks, that and, and how long is it taking you to put a list together and figure it out and make it? And it's got the grooves on the back there to, to keep all the sweat off your back. Yeah. Yeah, this is like... These are grooves for... Basically, uh, when you're walking, hmm. you're you're sort of the bag's moving, and you're sort of replacing the air every time. So it's kind of like being pulled up here and being pushed out through those grooves. Oh yeah, stay cool, bro. Yeah, because my backpack doesn't have that. It's just a flat back, and well, you know, then your backpack sweaty, is your backpack is sweaty stupid. back. I need an adventure one, um, and so it's adventure with a three yeah. in in the uh, in the website adv three. N T U R E. Is it right here? So yeah, the, why, why the three? The three is for our three tree initiative, yeah. whereby we plant three trees with every purchase. So whether you're buying a backpack or a hat or one of our jackets, any of that kind of stuff, we'll plant three trees. So what, we, what made you decide to do that? I mean, you're all about the environment. You you saw you you've seen a lot of trees the, chopped I mean, down, or what's the story? I mean, really, all of that. Hmm. Traveling the world and just seeing the amount of trees that should be in certain places blows your mind Mm. so they are ecosystems which is dear to me Mm. i just think these animals need a place that they can go and get away from us um and the uh trees are natural filters of pollutants Mm. and by the way that's not just air the root systems also filter groundwater when the rain comes and there's the 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 pollutants that end up on the ground Mm. because of air pollution and you know just turning into soot that kind of thing mm. uh and then also they produce oxygen mm. pretty important you think trees. i think we need oxygen we need some trees and the amazon are the lungs of the planet and they're chopping down trees there at, at a rate of like alarming rate a football field every second or something it's, ridiculous honestly this year has been one of the worst and we thought that we were in a time when they'd slow down a little we bit. had slowed it down mm. with education but with their growing population they just need more money and resources and, and they're, they're chopping down the forest not not just for the wood to make tables yeah. but but for for cattle yeah because people eat so much meat yeah especially in those south american company yeah. countries as yeah. well it's 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 out of control and i i was sort of laughing about this before and i, I look i don't like to be an alarmist mm. and I, I don't i'm an entertainer mm. so i don't want to get too heady because i know that people like i love animals but mm. people who put on their instagram like animals that have been tortured and stuff like that to try to raise awareness like i can't see that me seeing that doesn't isn't going to change anything better to just say look what i'm doing that's great for the planet you should do something that's great i too, try rather to, than whinge yeah, about it i try to lead by just putting out a positive message yeah. showing people what we can do rather than the state that maybe our ancestors and us have gotten mm. us into so mm. you know with adventure like look we we want to make amazing clothing and innovative clothing we and we really really want to touch people and 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 have inspire them to learn about the environment 
go out and experience it and see what you can do to improve it. Like mm. it's, you know, people don't have, don't have to make big moves. The craziest thing about it is that if is we that all just did a little something, it's going to help. If we all just went out and planted three trees, it would do so much. It would blow your mind. If we all just went out and bought a adventure jacket, then that's if three you, trees. You know, you could do three that. trees. You, you could three do, trees planted. You, you could do that. But again, my message is not go buy our stuff. It's let us inspire you to go and mm. do it. I, if if the money if the company doesn't work, mm. but somehow we inspire people to be better and mm. treat the planet better, mm. then it's I'm a success. Mm. But they make sense, and 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 I love how you've aligned stuff with who you are and what you love and you put it into your shows and your brand, your podcast, Zane's World and and, and people who follow you and love you, they'll be into the same stuff. So it's it's amazing. I love you okay. what you're doing. Thank you, Michael. A big fan, Zane Lamprey. I, I'm so glad that I finally got to be on your show. Yeah, finally. Thank you very much. On the mic and with Zane Lamprey. I love your voiceover voice and too. And Michael Goldman. Hello. Have you ever done voiceover on like a show and or just a doco or something? <clears throat> Would you ever do any sort of wildlife? You could be the next David Attenborough. In a world... Where trees are needed, Zane Lamprey is the tree man. That's <laughs> so stupid. Am I making the fun tree of whisperer? The tree. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hello, little tree. You're going Hello, to grow because I'm going to plant you. Because this person bought a jacket. This tree will blow your mind. <laughs> yes, I've done. I've done. I've done some. I always want to do more. I love doing VO. Yeah. You know what? I, I, just, I just love the sound of my own voice. You, 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 me too. <laughs> me too. You can just rock up in we shorts just, and a you, t-shirt. You know what? You don't even need to be here. You don't even, we're, we're just doing it for ourselves. We can listen to ourselves. That's what We don't need to wear these. We don't need you. We don't need you. That's why we're leaving. That's not true. And you should go and get onto his website, adv3nture.com. That's right. You did it right. And uh, and you can see all those amazing products. You could go to drinktv.com and you can watch three sheets, four sheets, chug, drinking Five made sheets, easy. six sheets, whatever you need. Yeah, well, how many sheets you need. It depends yeah. how hot you want to get at night. Yeah. Zane Lamprey, thank you for being on the mic. Thank you for not showing up the way you sleep. Naked in a box. <laughs> Animals everywhere. Animals everywhere. <laughs>